0: We've been exploring the Satipatthana Sutta for the last few weeks of this class. And um, this is a transition today. We've been speaking of the first foundation of mindfulness for the last week's foundation of the body. And today we're shifting to the second foundation, the foundation of feeling tone, Vedna in the Pali. Or Vedna, it's spelled with a V at the beginning, but often that's pronounced with a slight W sound. I think that um, in the Satipassana Sutta as a whole, the order from one thing to the next, there is a somewhat logical progression in a way. Um, the body is often the most obvious aspect of experience. And some of the something of the easiest to begin to be more clearly aware of with mindfulness, that we can kind of attune to physical experience and know, oh yeah, I'm aware of that. That's probably one of the easiest places to have that sense. Yes, I'm aware of physical experience. That's harder to do with the mind, at least for me it was. And so the, I think that the, the progression in the Satipatthana Sutta starting with body to help us become aware and the, you know, the encouragement at the beginning when breathing in, know that you're breathing in. That's like the first instruction almost in the Satipatthana Sutta, just breathing in, know that you're breathing in, and then becoming aware of postures. And, you know, when walking, know that you're walking, becoming aware of the sensation level of experience, knowing the hardness and softness, all of that. And also in that first foundation, um, you know, becoming aware of how we relate to the body um, through reflection, uh, recognizing that we tend to um, um, relate to the body as beautiful, perhaps as something to desire. And the Buddha, Tries to encourage us to like, well, This what it actually is the body. Well, it's all these parts. We've got skin, we've got hair, we've got nails and teeth and any one of those particularly beautiful, if you think of it all by itself. And, um, and so just an encouragement to reflect on the nature of our body as being composed of all these different parts. And then a reflection on um, that our physical body, our body, our beings of the nature to decay and die. And so all of that is kind of some of the more obvious connection to connect with uh, both our physical experience and our relationship to our body. The second foundation, the second foundation is a kind of a, a place where we can begin to like transition between awareness of our physical experience and our mental experience every single uh, physical sensation has this feeling tone to it. And that feeling tone in the the Buddhist understanding is actually a mental construction. And I'll get into that in a a little bit more in, in just a bit. But it is, you know, so there is the physical sensation and associated with the physical sensation is this quality of his pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. And so that's a a kind of a shift that we can make in our uh, awareness of our physical experience to help us begin to be curious about what's happening in our minds. The third foundation is more directly attuning to mental experience attuning to whether there's greed, aversion, delusion, or non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion in the mind, or whether the mind is stable, concentrated, or uh, agitated, or at ease. So it's got that flavor. And and at least in my own experience, learning how to be aware of um, the mind states, um, you know, to, to, to learn to be clearly aware, yes, now I know that I'm aware of that uh, experience in the mind that was a little harder than being aware of the body. It got a little more confusing, and so I think that the progression offered in the Satipatthana Sutta is a very logical, uh, supportive progression for many of us. It's not true for everybody. Some people have a very natural capacity to um, just know, be aware of what's happening in the mind. But um, I think it, it, the, there's some there's some logic to to the progression. So the, uh, the second foundation, um, recognizing whether experience is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Um, it is a, a transition point where we begin to, to touch into um, something that is actually happening in the mind, this, this, this uh, experience of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. So um, I'll just describe a little bit about that piece right now. Every experience that we have, whether it's a body sensation or a um, mental experience, a thought, uh, an emotion, physical body sensation, every single experience has this corresponding quality of being pleasant unpleasant or neutral this is um, an aspect of the experience that the Buddha actually highlighted a lot as being an important place to notice because what tends to happen with this feeling tone what tends to happen with the experience particularly of pleasant and unpleasant neutral often we don't particularly notice you know neutral we can kind of space out around um, so that often is a relationship to neutral that we just kind of disconnect and, and lose attention. Um, with pleasant and unpleasant, however, there tends to be a response, a reaction to it. When something's pleasant, we almost don't even know it's pleasant consciously before we're already liking it and moving towards it. Likewise with unpleasant, we we kind of very automatically will move away from it. And so what we um, we tend to do very habitually. This is not, um, it's it's very human, let's say. It's actually very, uh, it's natural for any living being to move towards what's pleasant and move away from what's unpleasant. Even a uh, a single-celled creature will move towards food and away from noxious chemicals. Um, And so there's this kind of very natural movement in this direction. What the Buddha points to in human experience, however, though, is that there is a possibility, there is a difference, he's pointing to for us, there's a difference between the pleasant, unpleasant, and the subsequent response, the leaning towards the pushing away, the liking or the not liking. And that the, um, that, that point, that place between pleasant and the response to it is essentially where we wind up in the terrain of creating suffering. That habitual movement from pleasant to liking, to wanting, to needing, to holding, that habitual movement from unpleasant to not liking, to wanting to push away, to resisting, that's where suffering happens. And what he discovered in his own experience is that it is possible in the human mind it may not be possible in the amoeba experience but it's possible in the human mind to know that something is pleasant and just know that it's pleasant without having that subsequent kind of uh, tumbling into reactivity around it so he pointed to this this uh, experience a lot in in many of his teachings, it's highlighted in so many places. It's not the only, the only thing that's highlighted in terms of how we can begin to understand our minds kind of wrapping themselves into suffering. He also talks about views. He, he talks about a perception, all kinds of other things as well. But he, he speaks about this a lot, about the feeling tone. And that he, he says it is not being mindful of the feeling tone as feeling tone not being aware, oh, this is pleasant feeling, this is unpleasant feeling, that that leap towards reactivity happens. And so he, he, he really indicates or points out that if we can know, just clearly know, this is pleasant, this is unpleasant, it can almost short-circuit that habitual, very, very conditioned um, um, movement towards reactivity. We can know something is unpleasant, and have no sense of not liking. We can know something's pleasant, and just know that it's pleasant. There can be, um, you know, there can be a kind of a, a, a discernment that happens around that. That's an important thing to recognize. So, so, I think sometimes in hearing this, you know, well, gee, if I just know it's unpleasant, you know, why would I take care of myself if I didn't react to it? but there's there can be discernment around pleasant and unpleasant that comes with wisdom so wisdom can respond to pleasant and unpleasant not so so rather than responding or reacting out of greed or aversion what can happen is that there can be a discernment of this unpleasant experience is damaging to the body to the to the being and it's wise. It's compassionate. So, out of compassion, it can be it can be useful to move away from that unpleasant experience, to change the conditions so that that unpleasant experience uh, stops. So, for instance, if you if you're cutting yourself with a knife, you know you're not going to just keep cutting yourself with a knife. <laughs> the 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 movement will be, oh, that hurts. You know that that. Um, the, the, the body responds with that pleasant, unpleasant experience, and the, the system can respond from compassion as opposed to aversion to say, oh, well, let's not do that, you know, that that, that was an accident, you know, let me stop doing that. So the, the response when there is awareness of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral experience can come from wisdom rather than the habitual reaction. But first we we do need to do some work to get familiar with the pleasant unpleasant and what our habitual responses and reactions are. And so in the guided meditation, I suggested um, that you might notice if there's a pleasant or unpleasant experience, um, whether there is also a corresponding reaction to it kind of a liking or not liking to it and just aware. Okay. Well, that's there too. There's pleasant experience and likings happening, unpleasant experience and not liking is happening. We can't necessarily stop the not liking, but again, the mindfulness, the mindfulness helps the mind to begin to recognize actually what the mind begins to recognize there is when there's the unpleasant experience and the not liking, the not liking also being an experience has a feeling tone associated with it. Not liking tends to be unpleasant. And so the unpleasant sensation and the uh, not liking, that, that unpleasantness of the not liking, they come together. And it's not a simple additive kind of thing. You've got one unpleasant plus one other unpleasant. It seems to be more multiplying that when there's an unpleasant, you know, when there's a mental reaction of unpleasant to, of, of not liking that is unpleasant to a physical response of unpleasant, it, it seems to really um, make, it, it takes the amplification of that unpleasantness up. And then we tend to react even more. And so this 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 pattern, this, um, this dynamic, let's say, this habitual dynamic of, wanting to push something away to resist something unpleasant, we can start to see how that creates this feedback loop and adds to the unpleasantness. And in the, in the mindfulness, we might see sometimes where the the not liking diminishes. Maybe, maybe there's the unpleasant sensation and then there's, you know, full blown like hating or resisting. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Seeing of it allows that to weaken. And maybe you even see, it just dropped. It's like, oh, this is just unpleasant. It's not even as as unpleasant as I thought it was. You know, what actually is the physical sensation? This is another really useful exploration with feeling tone. What is the actual experience and what's the mental response to it? Because sometimes our minds like will so habitually react. They start screaming with just something very small in the physical realm often. And, um, and then, when we actually see, well, what is that reactivity happening to? We might see, oh, it's actually not that unpleasant. It's just a little bit unpleasant. And and maybe we can start to see that that the just being with that unpleasantness is a very different experience than having that unpleasantness corres, uh, with the corresponding reactivity to it. This is a very important learning that the Buddha points to over and over again. Um, He talked about in, uh, in um, one of his teachings around the um, feeling tone, it's a, he uses a simile. um, It's called the dart sutta. And he says, it's, um, you know, if somebody, if somebody, who hasn't got a lot of training in mindfulness, experiences an unpleasant experience. I'll read a little section of this. First of all, he says that people who are both fully awakened, who have have no uh, reactivity in their minds, who are completely at ease and at peace with what's happening in experience, both those people and people who are untrained will experience pleasant and unpleasant and neutral. So right there, he, he is pointing to that um, unpleasant experience is going to keep happening to us. And this is just a part of being a human being, you know, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral is this flow of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, this happens to us. And yet somebody who doesn't have the training in mindfulness, when they experience a painful bodily sensation, He says, they worry and grieve. They lament, beat their breast, weeping and distraught. They thus experience two kinds of feelings, a bodily feeling and a mental feeling. It is as if someone were pierced by a dart. And following the first piercing is hit by a second dart. So that person will experience feelings caused by two darts. So that's that, that, you know, the unpleasantness of the, Sensation and then the unpleasantness of the reaction. And then he says, in the case of someone who is well-trained, when they are touched by a painful physical feeling, they will not worry, nor grieve, nor lament, will not beat their breasts, nor weep, nor become distraught. What happens when they feel a painful physical feeling? They feel a painful physical feeling. That's it. This person experiences a feeling caused by a single dart rather than the two darts. So this um, uh, exploration is a, is a key place as we start to see the how much suffering is added to to our system by the reactivity we also begin to see that that reactivity is something that our own minds is do our own minds are doing to themselves that there's an option there you know that 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 dart analogy it's like so there's you know we get hit by darts you know sometimes those those darts happen to us um And it's just like the conditions of the world. We fall down and there's a pain in the knee. And, you know, it's like that is just a physical condition. That's what happens when the body gets impinged on like that. The second dart, instead, you know, the, the wording of it was then they're hit by a second dart. Well, what actually happens more like is that we pick up a second dart and stab ourselves with it. That's what's going on with the reactivity. And so it's optional. We don't have to pick up that second dart. And yet it is habitually conditioned. And so it's very, um, uh, it's very natural in a way that it, it unfolds that way. And it's not necessarily that we can s- stop picking up that dart, but we can at least become aware that we're picking up that dart and that that is something that the mind is doing to itself as it sees that. So as as mindfulness starts to see what it's doing, what the mind is doing to itself, the mindfulness and wisdom begin to kind of recognize, oh, that doesn't have to be the way it is. And it begins to slowly recondition towards just knowing, oh, that's a painful feeling. And I can know that. That can just be where it stops. So, the orientation towards awareness of feeling tone and seeing how the feeling tone tends to kind of habitually move us into reactivity helps the mind to begin to to see well, the feeling tone may be something that is out of my control, you know, not something that um, you know is you know it's just going to happen in our experience, but this reactivity is something that mindfulness and wisdom begin to discern how to essentially recondition our, our mind to not react to that experience. So um, every experience been primarily talking about physical sensation, partly because I think that's an easy place. It's probably the easiest place to begin to see the feeling tone. It's, 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 it's it's more obvious, um, to us in a way, the, the physical sensation has an associated feeling tone. Also, our mental experience, um, emotions, thoughts, uh, all have feeling tone also. So, you know, emotion like joy, for instance, has a pleasant quality, um, an emotion like um, um, anger has an unpleasant quality. Uh, so there's there's feeling tone associated with every single experience. Sometimes it's neutral. So the neutral feeling tone is much less obvious. We might think nothing's happening, you know, there's not a feeling tone there. Well, if it feels like there's not a feeling tone, it might be, it might be neutral. It also might be very subtle, pleasant or unpleasant. That's that's kind of harder to see. So every single experience that happens all of our mental formations, all of our thoughts, uh, emotions um, have a feeling tone to them. So something like, um, um, uh, you know, thoughts also have feeling tones with them that, that uh, sometimes um, a thought arises about something that has happened in the past. And the, the feeling tone essentially is created in association with how we relate to that memory. The memory itself might just be, like one thing I've, I've noticed is sometimes a, a thought itself arising before the mind kind of reconstructs the, uh, the experience. So, you know, a memory arises. It's, it's kind of like an image flashes on the screen. And then the mind kind of remembers everything that was going on and it kind of can create Perhaps the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts, you know, it kind of creates everything. Uh, and then there's, there's often a feeling tone associated with that. So if you remember, for instance, a, um, an argument that you had with someone, you know, that the initial, what, what, what we may experience is that that is an unpleasant thought. What I've seen in, in mostly in longer retreat is that actually, you know, this was shocking to me, actually. It was right after the, uh, the September 11th attacks that I was sitting uh, one of the three-month courses, uh, sitting a three-month course at IMS. And a lot of the images um, from the, uh, that, you know, from what I'd seen on television were coming into my mind. And, you know, there was the, the, the whole emotional tone that was arising with that. The, the fear, the, the distress, the anxiety, the uh, heartbreak of, you know, what was happening. All of that was there. Um, and, and yet at one point, what I saw was the arising of the thought before all of that emotional, before all of the memories and ideas that were associated with it were constructed. It was just the image that I was seeing in the mind. And it was neutral. And then there was the understanding of what it meant. And what was interesting in that moment was that it wasn't so much that all of the reactivity was born, what in that moment was born was compassion. Because there was the understanding, this was what was happening. And so there, there was a response to it out of compassion that the, you know, so there, and then there's the understanding of what that image actually represented. And so the feeling of the, the feeling tone of the thought itself, the initial thought, the initial experience, that itself was neutral. And then there was, you know, the understanding that there's the construction that's connected with the understanding of what that thought represents. So every experience we have has a feeling tone associated with it. And that feeling tone is understood to be mental. Um, Now, that's probably easier to understand with the mental experiences. Like for me, definitely the anger being an unpleasant quality, that's easy to understand as a mental experience. It was harder for me to understand um, how you know the feeling tone in the body was uh was mental. Um, and you know I think partly we can we can recognize that um you know certain experiences we have perhaps sometimes they're pleasant or unpleasant depending on the context in which it's happening. We might, we might begin to notice that, that you know similar kind of sensation might be kind of interpreted as pleasant in one situation or unpleasant in another situation. There's actually been studies done about this, and I'll, I'll say that modern neuropsychology, neuroscience actually agrees with the Buddha's assessment that feeling tone is a mental construction. Um, um so that they did there was a study that really clearly demonstrates this. There were um, two scenarios that participants were um, exposed to. one where there were they, they either had um, a, a moderately painful sensation or no no painful sensation, you know, that either no sensation. So they were, they were told, okay, you're going to get this moderately painful sensation or the, you know, it's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, how did they rate that moderately painful sensation and what happened in their brains? Yes. It interpreted it as pain. You know, they, they looked in the, in the, the brain waves, and yes, it was interpreted as pain in the second scenario, they either had the moderately painful sensation or a very painful sensation. And they were shown on a screen what they were going to get. You know, what was the the next sensation coming up? So they were kind of prepared for what was going to happen. And uh, what happened in this case is that uh, when they got the moderately painful sensation, they were told, you know, okay, it's going to be moderate. They actually rated that as pleasant, and the painful sensation they rated as painful. Not only did they say, oh yeah, that was was pleasant, but their brains also showed that it registered as pleasant. The uh, researchers were a little surprised by this result actually. Um, And what their hypothesis was, was that essentially the context the recognition of it's not gonna be so bad this time created a mental condition of relief that um, influenced the experience of that painful sensation. So this this, this is, you know, even with physical sensation, what's going on in our minds has a huge effect on how we interpret that experience. And so the sensation of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral is not in the experience itself. There's the sensation that happens in our physical body. It's, you know, the contact with our sense base. And then there is the the mind kind of based on the context, the conditions, the views, the ideas, a whole host of things interprets it as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. That's kind of mind-blowing, I think. You know, it's kind of, kind of amazing to see, you know, how that works and that, you know, the brain studies actually, actually point that to that as well. So let's see. Um, I'll actually just speak for a couple more minutes about views. I want to leave a little bit of time for some comments and questions. This is not the only time we'll talk about feeling tone. We'll continue this conversation. Um, So that, um, you know, that study that we just talked about is pointing to how the recognition or a condition, essentially the condition of knowing, you know, that in that case, they gave them the, the warning, you know, this is gonna be moderate, this one's gonna be intensely painful. Um, so that created a kind of context in the mind of what was coming. Um, and so you know, that's, that's essentially a view in the mind. Okay, this is not going to be so unpleasant this time. Um, And that shaped the quality or the feeling, the feeling tone itself. I've experienced this kind of thing in my own experience where I see how a view or an idea can really shape the feeling tone Uh, in one sitting at one point. It was late at night, I'd gotten up. It was, you know, I was having trouble sleeping. So I, I got up and um, I was sitting in meditation and I heard, um, I heard this uh, kind of scratching sound in the wall. You know, I heard this kind of pretty light scratching sound. And there was, you know, kind of the feeling, the, 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 the experience was that it was an unpleasant sound was an unpleasant experience. And there was a kind of a tension in the body. I was just noticing all of this and it would stop. And, you know, so I got a, a bunch of chances because it came and went. It, it seemed to come and go quite a bit during the, during the sitting. So the scratching sound would come and there would be tension and there would be the unpleasant quality of the, un, of the tension as well as the, as the scratching sound. So I was just noticing the feeling tone. It was really quite an investigation of feeling tone. And at one point I noticed a little flash of fear happen when the, um, the scratching sound happened. And that was clearly a, an unpleasant experience too. You know, there was a very clear, there was the fear and the unpleasantness of the fear. And at some point through this whole exploration, I began to, I, I noticed that there were also with that fear, there were images of like a rat in the wall and like things like that were going on. Um, and, um, and at some point, the mind kind of just really landed, having seen all of this, just landed of, oh, it's just the scratching sound. And when the mind kind of just knew, oh, that's the scratching sound, and there wasn't the, and, and I didn't make it stop, right? I didn't make the fear stop. I didn't make the, the tension stop. It was just through the exploration of being with the sound, noticing the tension, noticing the fear, noticing all of it. There was a little moment, a slight moment in there where there was just the scratching sound. And the sound itself was not unpleasant. It was just a sound. And so I could see that the whole host of ideas about what the sound was had shaped the interpretation of the sound. You know, if, if I had thought that that scratching sound was, was from a dear friend who'd, who'd come, you know, come back after a long, you know, scratching, I'm home, you know, maybe I would have had a different interpretation. But no, my mind thought it was a rat. So, you know, it created that, that experience of unpleasant. So this, this happens all the time, actually, that what we are experiencing as pleasant, unpleasant, neutral is shaped by views, by beliefs. So it's really useful, this is what I pointed to a little earlier, it's really useful to recognize when there is some kind of reactivity, because there's such a connection between the mind reacting to something, you know, the experience of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, and the mind reacting to it, you know, we often will, will notice the reactivity, um, and kind of, you know, there there's a little bit of understanding, you know, okay, there's something happening. But what actually is that reactivity reacting to? In the case of the, uh, you know, the scratching sound, what the mind was actually reacting to was not the sound itself. You know, I thought I was reacting to the sound. But what the mind was actually reacting to was the idea that the sound meant there was a rat in the wall. That's really useful to, uh, to to begin to notice what actually. So there there's the there's pleasant, unpleasant, neutral experience. What is the the mind actually reacting to when it has some kind of aversion or um, or leaning, even even wanting? You know, most of the time we are we are actually um, Wanting or wanting to get rid of something that the mind has created, you know, some, some idea in the mind, as opposed to actually, I mean, that's actually all that we can respond to, because that's all that we have. You know, we're, we, we're not, we're not um, what, what our minds create, what we know directly, what our experience is. Is entirely created by our minds, and so there's a lot of room for misinterpretation, misjudgment, um, and so it's really it's really useful to begin to recognize that the the judgments, the views, the beliefs are what often we are responding to, and to to have some discernment about them. Are those views, beliefs actually uh, useful views and beliefs? Are they supportive? Are they um, just purely made up so much i've seen you know my my views and beliefs are just some idea based on history or or my conditioning and not really connected to what's actually happening right now so um yeah let's see what uh whether you have some thoughts or questions let me give you the opportunity to unmute yourselves Okay. So, I'd like to continue recording for this part. So, um, any comments or questions?
1: Yeah, Kate. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Oh, great. Um no, I just um I noticed in the um in the guided meditation that um just the um i was i was feeling a slightly um unpleasant um sensation in the body but just the act of bringing attention to it there was a kind of a pleasantness within that um just 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 really felt that um it's kind of like a kindness, a kindness to myself, just, just to kind of say, ah, oh, yes, that does feel just a little bit uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great re- re- realization or recognition. You know, actually, I think that's that's part of how the practice works. You know, the, the movement of be, bringing wise attention to our experience. That is something that's kind. And so there can be, if we're attuned to it, there can be a pleasant quality associated with that. That's a wholesome pleasant quality. That's Mm. actually what's pointed to as a, um, in the Satipatthana Sutta, and this we'll get to in some subsequent weeks, it, it points to beginning to notice the difference between what's called worldly pleasant and unpleasant and neutral and unworldly pleasant, unpleasant and neutral. And that's a kind of a distinguishing um, quality of the, the worldly pleasant, unpleasant, neutral is kind of what's coming in in relationship to our ordinary lives. The unworldly, we could say, is connected to feeling tones connected to the path of practice. So that might be feelings associated with being mindful and having wisdom and mindfulness arise in our experience. And so that brings in a quality, and that's that's a kind of a wholesome quality um, that's coming with, you know, a wholesome quality of kindness and care and attention that brings a pleasant feeling tone as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that. And I think that's part of how the the practice begins to, to progress, that there are, um, you know, we begin to recognize that there's some pleasant, well, there's some pleasant and unpleasant, there are actually some unpleasant uh Feeling tones that are associated with progress on the path, with moving in the direction of of um, freedom, um, um, but a lot of them are also pleasant. And so, uh, you know, as we begin to discern and distinguish the difference between those two, uh, we we learn that the um, the uh, feeling tones associated with the path of practice are. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of like a sign or a guidepost to us. Oh yeah, this is helpful. Yeah. This is, this direction is helpful. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks.
1: Yeah, Kate. It's a Kate day, <laughs> Kate and Kate. Um, so the thing about the um, the work being done at your house, so the room that I sit in is about ten feet from a major construction house that's been being constructed for two years. So I've had a lot of time to experiment with the unpleasant sounds, and um, I notice so much. I mean, it I I notice this a lot anyway. That real, it's the thoughts that are the killer with every, you know, with all of it, because although for the last month, they've been grinding Flagstone. And that's like the con, you know, like, like a dentist drill going on for a really long time. And that has been very interesting because uh, I have had that at some point, I just have had to say, I give up and I close the door and I put in earplugs. Um, but, but it's always a thought and every morning when, when my partner and I go on our coffee walks, we chat with the guys. So often I can turn the, the thought, the reactive thought to it into "Hey, it's just the guys they're doing their job, you know? And so I really know that. And so I hope we're going to look more at the feeling tone stuff regarding thought. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Because yes. it also seems like some the other thing I was thinking about with thoughts is that a thought can happen and it's pleasant, and as I watch the thought, I notice it getting more unpleasant, like the complications are, and then the thought becomes. So anyway, I think there's just a lot there's that a, I love to look at with thoughts. There's a lot there with thoughts, and and you know it's
0: it is like you know the kind of the construction that comes with it. You know, it's it's the idea, the idea, and the whole like it, it can happen very quickly you know, that the idea comes in and then, you know, the, the, so it's not just a single feeling tone, right? It's the, it's the image and it's the idea of it shouldn't be happening. And it's the, the kind of memory of things like this happening in the past and that gets pulled in. So there's a lot of things that get pulled in and we are experiencing, you know, the kind of the, the, the building of that. Uh, and and so yeah it's it's very it's very powerful and I think actually you know the views it's to me it's it's the views are even a deeper kind of um, foundation on which the feeling tone is built Um, you know because like it's there's something kind of maybe just very uh, basic you know some basic idea of they don't have the right to do that to me or something you know, something like that, that kind of is, is partly what it's, it's shaped on, you know, and I think too, with certain, Oh, just a minute here. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll say a little bit about this. Um, you know, the, 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 the sound that you talk about, the really, the high pitched sound that comes with the, you know, the drilling, you know, some of that, um, um, is uh, actually, I think, hard on the eardrum. Right? It's 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 so, it's a stronger uh, physical unpleasant sensation, and it's not so much the what the sound represents, but it's actually it's actually touch sense. Right? You're you're actually getting, you know, it, you can actually the eardrums can actually get ruptured with a, a very certain kinds of sounds, and so um, you know, it's it's actually a painful physical sense sometimes it's not so that's not so much related to what it is or the idea about it it's actually more like you know somebody's actually you know poking you uh the sound waves are actually poking you
1: yeah that was why that was a very interesting time when they started doing that it was like oh this is a little different you know yeah. this was not just me having to go it's okay it's okay it's just this is what they're doing it was like no, I think I got to
0: close the door here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually, it becomes physically painful, not just the idea of what it is is painful. Yeah, yeah. and so that's, that's a very interesting thing to notice the difference between is, okay, so there's a sound and at a certain range of sound, you know, it's just vibration of the eardrum and it's the interpretation of what the sound is. You know, you know is that some music that I like playing in that? Range or is that you know uh, a guy rolling a wheelbarrow across the lawn you know so it's like you know it's like, so the the idea that it's music and something you like you know then that that I the thought is what shapes the feeling tone uh, versus the wheelbarrow. Um, but, you know, at a certain range, a certain, you know, strength of the sound and a certain frequency, it actually can become physically painful. And so that's useful to know to know the difference between those. Yeah. And it's time to stop. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get more into thought for sure. <laughs> and and um, yeah, yeah. And bring bring questions too for, for next time. <laughs>